and welcome back to Unraveling. I'm Martha of Wild Spruce Knits, and this is episode two of the Unraveling podcast. Um, some housekeeping things. The audio on the first episode wasn't great, so I'm working on that. I just use my headphones, which usually are okay, but anyway, it's a long story. You don't need to know the nitty gritty details of that. dog barking interlude, the neighbors walking around outside, and they're shepherds. They're shepherds, so they're very protective of our house. Anyway, working on the audio to make it better, I got out my good microphone. I'll work on audio issues. I hopefully, I have my little ring light, so hopefully the lighting is at least better in here. It's also now kind of late, and we're losing daylight. It is the end of October in Alaska, and if you live in a northern place, or if, you've ever, if you live in Alaska, uh, you know that daylight this time of year is becoming a scarce resource. So we're going to deal with artificial lighting. Um, yeah, so today, well, first of all, today is still the same day that I recorded. This is behind, behind the scenes insider info. I recorded this episode the same day that I recorded the last episode. Are the dogs going to bark again? I'm wearing the same outfit because I'm recording this on the same day that I recorded the first video. So insider insider info there. Um, but for this episode, I wanted to talk about um, non-traditional jobs and work schedules. That is something that I get asked about a lot, a lot. Um, I kind of touched on it a little bit in the last episode, just as far as like how I got to have the jobs and work schedule that I have. I've done a lot of things and I've done a lot of things that I didn't like and I figured out what I did like. Um, but people, people are always like, oh, I wish I could work as little as you do. And I just, it's not for everybody. I mean, I love the way that I have sort of everything cobbled together because I get bored easily. So I always I'm looking to do something different. So this way I'm not always doing the same thing. Um, but it's truly not for everyone. Um, but I am a firm believer in working however works for you. I have four, maybe five part-time jobs. Um, and the reason that this topic even came up is because one day my dad said to me, don't you ever work? As I was having coffee with him in the middle of the day on a weekday. And I was kind of annoyed by that, but then I realized that he is of the generation where you work nine to five at a job, probably the same job for a majority of your life, um, and then you retire. He worked at the same place for 27 years before he retired, um, but he's of the generation where you work nine to five from the time that you graduate from college until the time that you retire and you probably worked at the same place most of those years. So I sarcastically, but kindly, sarcasm is my love language, um, told him that I actually work quite a lot. Thank you very much. And as I said, at this moment, I have, I think, five part-time jobs. I don't do all of them every week or even every month, but having my work schedule set up this way allows me to have an incredible amount of flexibility in my schedule, um, which is something that's really important to me. 
I could probably make twice as much money in a year if I had one full-time job, but I would be miserable. I would not, I don't want to go to the same place every day for eight hours a day. It's just, it is just not me at all. And I realize that this method of making a living is not for everybody. Again, people, people say, oh, it's so nice. It must be so nice. But they're, it's not for everyone. It doesn't work for everyone. There are people who need a more reliable and consistent income for whatever reason. But me personally, I would rather have less money and more flexibility and more free time than be tied to a regular schedule and a consistent income. I have friends who are on both sides of this spectrum. Those, again, those who work full time are often, they often wistfully talk about how nice it must be to have such a flexible schedule. Um, but I just, it's not for everyone. It truly is not for everyone. Those who do have similar work schedules to mine or similar flexibility in their work to me, I think we're just, we're just made differently. We're just different people in a way that I can't quite explain. And if you are one of those people, you probably know what I'm talking about because it just, you have to make sacrifices in certain ways. Can't always do exactly what you want just because of financial constraints, but I would rather have the ability to go have coffee with my best friends at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning than have enough money to, you know, go on vacation every month. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I mean, travel is important to me, but I'm willing to, to sacrifice some of those more. I mean, obviously I need to make enough money to live and have enough money to pay my bills. And there have been times when that has been difficult and that stress is not for the faint of heart, but it's worth it in the long run. And again, if you are not somebody who understands this, then this is this is not for you. Like that is not you. You would not do well in this sort of work arrangement. I also think that we, we being the people who have flexible work schedules and are willing to sacrifice some financial security for a flexible work schedule and freedom in their schedule, um, I think we're better at going out and doing the things we want to do rather than dreaming about the days when those things are possible. And I actually looked at the statistic up because I kind of, I wanted to be sort of accurate. Um, more than half of all Americans don't use their PTO. I knew that there was a statistic about how few Americans use their PTO, um, but more than half of Americans do not use up their PTO. And the average number of PTO, unused PTO days is six and a half days over the course of a year. And that's kind of a lot. That's like an entire vacation. Um, and I realized that averages, you can hide a lot in an average. So averages show, averages, there are people who have 400 days of unused PTO and there are people who use up all of their PTO and that, that averages out to six and a half days. I understand that. But if more than half of all Americans are not using their PTO, and I don't know what the if, if it's a whole day or a half a day or whatever the criteria was for um, considering using up their PTO, I don't know what that was. Um, but that's still a lot of people who are not using their PTO. And also, I think that it's important to remember that just because you can't travel doesn't mean that you can't necessarily use your paid time off. Pay time off is something that is earned as part of your salary. Like if you look at the the way that we pay people and the 
benefits packages that we give people as that our employers give us, those were developed as a way to pay people less money. And then you get these benefits on top of the lower um, salary to make up for that. So insurance through your employer is that's how insurance got tied to your employer. And the same for vacation days. It was it was a way to pay people less. So I just those are days that you earned. Take them. Go, you know, stay at home. Don't go anywhere. Stay at home. Hang out with your family. Don't hang out with your family. Uh, go camping. Go, you know, take a road trip close to home. Do something. Use those days. Those days are yours. Use them. You don't know. Every, this, is, this is a little morbid. It's not the right word. You never know when you will not be able to do the thing that you think you're going to always be dreaming about doing, right? So I just did, I'm a, um, I'm a co-host for a public radio show here um, in Alaska, and I just talked with um, the travel uh, public television show host, Rick Steves. I don't know if anybody of you know him. Uh, I thought it was kind of a big deal because I grew up watching him. Um, but one of the things that we talked about was how you <clears throat> never know make the opportunities happen or take the opportunities when they present themselves because you never know when that is not going to be a possibility anymore. The specific example that I used with him was he traveled, he did, it's called the Hippie Trail, I think, or it was called the Hippie Trail. Um, in the 70s, he took, a, took buses from Istanbul to India, Kathmandu. That's not possible to do anymore. You, you can probably do parts of it, but it travels across... Um, Afghanistan and Pakistan and places that you couldn't just go as a traveler right now. Um, so that's the kind of thing, aside from we don't know how long we're going to be here for, you don't know when the circumstances are going to change and you won't have the ability to go do a thing anymore. Look at what happened with uh, COVID, you know, like all of a sudden the world just kind of closed for a little bit and everybody had to change their plans. So the point being, use the time that you have earned to go do something and make those opportunities happen because you just don't know when you're going to be able to, you don't know if you will always be able to do those things. Um, and that kind of goes back to the traditional, you know, like work until you get to be a certain age and then retire. And then when you retire, you get to start living your life. That seems backwards to me. I would much rather work for much longer in my life than not and do the things that I want to do now enjoy traveling and having these experiences now while I am young and able-bodied than to bust my butt for 30 years of working and or 40 years of working and then retire and travel then I, I just it seems backwards to me so I'm I'm more of the thought that you should Try to balance those things out as long as you can. And yeah, probably I'll be working until I die, which is fine. Whatever. I, at this moment in my life, I'm not quite middle-aged yet. Um, at this moment in my life, I am perfectly content with that. That might change, but for now, I'm perfectly content with that. And I accept that that's the choice that I've made. Going back to work schedules, talking a little bit more about work schedules. Um, a lot of nurses who work in the hospital work three 12-hour shifts, and anyone who is not in healthcare always, always says, oh, it must be nice to only work three days. Yes, it's nice to only work three days. However, working 12-hour shifts in a high-stress environment 
it's not great. My experience, as well as the experience of several people who I know, nurses, um, other healthcare providers, is that you end up spending a huge portion, especially um, post-2020, you end up spending a huge portion of your day before you go back to work stressed about going to work. Think of how if you work a regular Monday through Friday job, think about how you feel on Sunday afternoon that you have to, you know, you're going back to work and you have to face that. So, but in a higher stress um, situation. So that you have that the day before you go to work. And if you don't work your three 12 hour shifts in a row, you have that every day before you go to work. And then you work your 12 hours and you spend a majority of the day after that Because when you work 12 hours, you really don't have time to do anything else other than get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, go to bed. Especially if you have to go back to work the next day. Um, But you're so tired coming off of those 12-hour shifts that you don't get a lot done. The next day is not entirely wasted, but there is it's challenging to get yourself up and get going after working one 12-hour shift, let alone three in a row. Again, that's not too bad. If you're lucky enough to get scheduled for your three shifts in a row, but that's not also, that's also not guaranteed. That's not something that um, you can necessarily guarantee. This whole issue becomes even worse if you work night shift because you have to spend, well, my, my, the way that I navigated night shift was I would stay up as late as I could the night before I had to go to work because I need sleep. And the only way that I could sleep was if I was tired. So I would stay up most of the night the night before I went back to work and then try to sleep a majority of the day before I had to go back to work and then get up and go to work for night shift. But so you lose, you lose part of a day before you go back to work trying to shift your schedule. And then you lose a huge chunk of the day after. So you get off at seven o'clock in the morning and I I don't know that I, I mean, sometimes I was able to get something done, like I would go have breakfast or coffee after work, but by 9 or 10 o'clock, you've been up for a very long time and usually are very tired and you need to sleep. So you end up sleeping for a chunk of your first day off, and then if you have to go back to work, like if you didn't get your three 12s in a row, then that just ruins your schedule. Night shift is so hard. It's so hard. And if you think that night shift would be great because you like sleeping in and you're a night person, also remember, I don't know very many people that actually sleep eight hours during the day. I am a very good sleeper and I rarely, rarely slept past like 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon. I would come home, eat breakfast, go to bed by like 8.30 or 9 and... I would almost always wake up at like three, between three and four, and then be awake until eight or nine the next day. That's a long day. That's maybe not everybody's experience, but that was my experience. So working three twelves is great, but it's not as easy as it sounds, especially if you're working in a high stress um, healthcare environment, and especially if you're working night shift. I had a discussion with a friend of mine who has been working from home almost exclusively since 2020. And we both agreed that we would rather work for a few hours a day at a time of our choosing every single day than go to work five days a week for eight hours a day or however long we were required to be at work. So I, it's because it, it just feels like you have more control over your time. If you can 
get up and kind of get going whenever you want and then do some work for a couple of hours and then take a break and like go do some exercise or have lunch or do whatever and then go back to work. I would rather, and I would rather do that every day than have to go to work five days a week for a set amount of time. That's just me. And again, I realize that there are numerous reasons why people work certain jobs with certain schedules, but I think that understanding why you stick with something that you might not be happy with is important. Was it scary for me to not have a full-time job with a reliable, steady income? Absolutely. I've had to change, as I said, I've had to change some things about the way that I live and the way that I plan for things, but having a flexible schedule with ample time to do the things that are important to me is significantly more important than having that consistent, steady income. And something that I realized um, after I left the hospital was how easy it was to change your circumstances if you don't like them. I worked with a lot of people at the hospital who were very unhappy, <clears throat> or at least they said they were unhappy and complained about work, but a majority of them are still there. And I can only assume that it has to do more with being afraid of change and giving up that thing that you're comfortable with. Um, but I realized how easy it was to do something else if I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And sometimes, I mean, that has its benefits, but it also has its drawbacks because you realize that you are not, you try something, you don't like it, you're like, I'm gonna try something else. That's not to say that I think that you should like bounce around from job to job if you don't like it, but you should absolutely find a job that you like or learn what you don't like about the job that you have so that the next time you go to find a job, you know what you're looking for and how to ask for that. Some people are, some places are flexible and you can ask for an alternative um, work schedule and they may be able to accommodate that. So once I realized how easy it was to change my circumstances, I changed them frequently because I didn't see the need to be stuck doing something that I didn't want to be doing in an environment that I didn't want to be doing it in, which is how I came to have multiple part-time jobs. And anyway, I realized how easy it was to change my circumstances. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. But I also, we are not living in times, you know, when my parents' generation was the work for 27 years at the same job. We are not in that that environment anymore. Sure, you need to show that you can stick with something, so you should not be like bouncing around from job to job. Like I said, this is not this is not a career advice podcast, but um, you need to show that you can stick with something and that you're reliable. But if you want to work somewhere for a couple of years and then work somewhere else and then go work somewhere else, I have not ever had to explain why I was why I only worked somewhere for a year. I've never had to explain that in a job interview. I, I just, it's, it's not important to people anymore because I have proven in several instances that I will stay somewhere for a long time, especially if I like it. So anyway, so I realized through all of this that having a regular schedule and working full time were essentially soul crushing for me, which is why I kept feeling like I needed to change jobs. So I feel very fortunate to have found a way to not have my soul crushed by my work. Do I always like my work? No. Uh, do I always like going to work? No. Those are my thoughts on non-traditional work schedules. 
and non-traditional jobs. I have one non-traditional job, and that is running Wild Spruce Knits. And I have a non-traditional work schedule at my more traditional job working in the clinic, where I work a couple of days a week. Um, yeah, and it's flexible, and I, I love that about it. So the moral of the story is, if you are unhappy with your circumstances, you should change them. So that's all I've got for this episode. You can find links to all of my social media, uh, my website, um, in the show notes for the podcast or the description for this video. Uh, Hopefully by the time most people see this, you'll actually be able to click on the links in YouTube. Apparently YouTube won't let you just randomly put links in the description to, it won't make them clickable. You have to like verify, I don't know. It made me verify, had to verify who I was and said, we'll get back to you when we've approved that we think that you're a real person who should have links in your profile. I don't know. The internet is is a wild place sometimes. Anyway, if you have questions or things that you want me to cover, feel free to send me an email. That information is also in the show notes. Um, You can come find me on Instagram. Yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this. Let me know. Leave a comment or shoot me an email. Tell me what you think. Find me on Instagram. Tell me that you don't like it when I ramble. I can't help it. It is who I am. Again, that's why I'm here and not rambling on Instagram because long form content, it's my jam. If you don't know about that, watch the first episode. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you soon.